Okay, I want to read a Christmas story um, from the Apostle Paul. And you know, we have many records about Jesus' coming into the earth, and we have it where Luke chapter 2 is the most well known, and so on. And then we have also John's Christmas story. What is John's Christmas story? Anybody knows that? And the word became flesh. That's John's Christmas story. And I want to preach this morning on Paul's Christmas story. Also, he speaks about Jesus coming into the earth. And that's what it is all about at Christmas. It's not all about children. Remember, Christmas is not all about presents. And it's not only all about if you behave good the whole year, for sure you will get at Christmas time a nice present. Sometimes it might be very questionable whether you would get. I can't tell you. But sometimes it works that way. But God doesn't work that way. Amen? So I always had some troubles preaching on this good will to all men. All the goodness to those of good will. I thought, is God similar like a Father Christmas? The children who are brave, they get presents and naughty ones get the stick. God is not a Father Christmas. Amen? Hallelujah. And what did Paul write about Christmas? And who knows, where is the record of Paul's Christmas story? Who knows, where can we find it? Exactly. Do you read the Bible sometimes? Yes, okay. So it is in Galatians chapter 4. Let's read another Christmas story about the Apostle Paul. Galatians 4, verse 4. When the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. Hallelujah. And that's the Holy Spirit, you know that, yes? First of all, God sent His Son, and God sent also the Spirit of His Son, the Holy Spirit, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir through God. Amen. Hallelujah. We are heirs. Hallelujah. Now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, for these words the Apostle Paul spoke to us. And Lord, let these words become, words become very alive this morning in your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, give grace to speak your word. Give grace 
to receive your word. And also I pray, Lord, give grace to act upon your word, that from this moment on, O oh Lord, our lives might be changed, that we might understand who we are. You sent your Son, Lord, and you sent um, the Spirit of your Son, that we might become sons and heirs of God. In the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. The fullness of time. I heard many sermons about this and people spoke about and preachers were elaborating, you know, about the time when Jesus came and they elaborate about it was just the right time. We have only one reason why the Apostle Paul says at the time when the time was fulfilled. What time was fulfilled? Not because the Roman Empire was uh, expended and it was safe to travel. And some pastors speak about all that garbage, you know. And they say, well, there was just the right time. I can't see anything. There was a time right, a time being set by the Father. And I believe when Jesus is coming by, back, it's also a time that has been set already by the Father. Amen? Hallelujah. We don't have to prepare anything for the kingdom of God to come. Only an obedient heart to follow the Lord in every area. Hallelujah. That when he comes, that you might be prepared and not being stuck in this world and worldly stuff. All that you are able to go into the air with the Lord when the Lord is coming. Hallelujah. He is coming soon. These are almost the last words in the Bible. Behold, I'm coming what? Soon. Jesus is coming back again. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How great is the Lord. Hallelujah. Sister Julie, is it you, yeah? God bless you. Hallelujah. I've been praying for you. It's nice to have you here this morning. God bless you. Hallelujah. Now the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Galatia because he was troubled. The church in Galatia was tempted to go back into the law, rejecting what Jesus has done and going back into the law, keeping all the law Moses gave and so on. And he saw that actually Galatians were falling off grace. They're falling away. This, because they had a total, total conception than the grace of God. The grace of God is wonderful. Amen. Anybody here this morning by the grace of God? I want to see your hands. Hallelujah. I'm here. I believe in Jesus because of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Years ago, now when you are a few years in the ministry and then every Christmas comes again, again. And then you have to have a Christmas sermon prepared. And I have preached so many Christmas sermons, I could sell them for pastors who haven't got anything. But I remember I preached once in John chapter 1, verse 12. The Word became flesh. 
and we saw his glory. There was something the Apostle John and all the Apostles and everybody saw when Jesus came and when God became flesh in Jesus Christ. There was glory, grace and what? Truth. Hallelujah. They realized something that what they saw in Jesus was not a, a, a bogus thing. No, it was truth, truth, truth. It was real. Hallelujah. And this morning we are here because Jesus is real. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Not just amazing. No, he is real. Jesus is so real as the one who sits next to you. Amen. He is so real. And that's what it says, grace and truth. Hallelujah. Now, these Galatians were falling back into the elements of the law again. And they thought, well, by keeping the law, we might be uh, acceptable in the sight of God. They were falling back into the law of Moses. And they started in the spirit, Paul says. Are you now about to finish in the flesh? Things being started in the spirit must continue in the spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Otherwise, you will never make it. Some people start in the spirit. They were, by the spirit of God, cut into the heart but then they fell back into the flesh. And you can't finish anything in the flesh. If you finish or think to finish anything in the flesh, you will not make it to heaven. Heaven is real. Hallelujah. Now Paul says here, as the fullness of time was there, God sent his Son. God didn't wait for the Roman Empire to become that far as they were then when Jesus was born. No, no. God has his plan anyway. And Jesus is not going to come if the so-called kingdom, now people have prepared everything for the Lord. Then they can say, Lord Jesus, come. No, he will not come. He doesn't need any of us to prepare anything of, for him. All we must have a prepared heart. A prepared heart. Forget about taking the kingdom of God and this world. Forget about this. This world is anyway in the hands of the enemy. And God is going to speak the last word. What's going to be happen with this world. And there is a judgment coming upon the world. That's what I know. And for those who wait for him... It's going to be a day to see him and go with him into heaven. Hallelujah. Now the fullness of time was a set time by the Father. And, and the Apostle Paul speaks very clear about it in Galatians chapter 4, the verses 1 and 2. Now I say, as long as the air is a child. He does not differ at all from the slave, although he is owner of everything. 
but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the until the day set by the Father. And that's why Paul knew there was a time the Father had set. Not because the Roman Empire and all that stuff. No, 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 no. God doesn't need the UN or UN. He didn't need the Romans. There was a time set by the Father. Then the Son had to come and He came. Hallelujah. And not a second later. As the time or when the time, the fullness of time was fulfilled. God sent his son. Hallelujah. And that's what it is. The law had to be fulfilled. Jesus came in order to fulfill the law. Till then, before Jesus came, the law never ever was completely fulfilled by anyone. But Jesus fulfilled the law. Hallelujah. That's why don't try to fulfill, fulfill the law. You won't be able to make it anyway. Jesus has done it already. He has done it already. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> that was right. The law of the Lord is perfect. Amen? Hallelujah. I can't do anything at the law at all. All the law would do, and I think our missionaries and our evangelists, our evangelists who go on Sunday on the streets, they preach the law, they know the law is doing its job. Because the law is condemning people very clearly. And that's all people need to be convicted by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. That they understand I'm guilty before God. Otherwise you wouldn't know what to do with Jesus at all. Now the time of prophetic word, it needed to be fulfilled too. The seed promise had to Developed. There is a seed or promise seed or seed promise. You know, in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse, who knows that? 15. Yes, who said it, 15? Another one who reads the Bible. Okay. And they say, I will set enmity between you and the woman and her seed will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Now this had to be fulfilled and from then on when God said it in Eden, very clearly, there was a development. It came more and more, more and more, more and more. Hallelujah. I have an old sermon, Sons of Hope. Anybody remembers that sermon years and years ago? I preached it. Sons of Hope. There was Eve in Eden. She had a son and she put all her hope in her son. Now what did she call her first son? Anybody knows it here? Cain. You know what Cain means? 
gain. She thought, now I have gained a person, a man, through the Lord. And she hoped that is perhaps the seed of me. Perhaps that might be the Redeemer. It was said to her, there will be enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman. And she thought, well, this is the seed, the Redeemer. Was Cain the Redeemer? No. He was a son of hope. She might have put all the hope into him. But how badly was she disappointed? How badly was she disappointed? Her other son, and she got another son. And when she saw the second son, what did she call him? Abel. What does Abel mean? Huh? Breath. Breath. And she considered him as almost nothing, just a breath. She was disappointed. The first son didn't do it. Neither will he do it. But there was a wonderful hope. God spoke of Jesus Christ. This is the first promise of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it developed more and more, more and more. There were another son given to a woman, and she laughed about it. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? There was a woman, she heard that she's going to receive a son, and she laughed about it. In my age, 90 years? No, no, that's something for a young married. No, no. But the Lord said yes, and this son was called Laughter. Isaac. Isaac. And she put all her hope in him. And even to the point, and Abraham was able to give him up to the Lord. And one thing what Abraham did, and if you read this story very clearly in Genesis, when Abraham and Isaac went up to the mountain of Moriah, and Isaac asked, Dad, here's the, the timber, all the wood, but where is the sacrificial lamb? The Lord will give one. The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. And God provided a son. And we know Isaac was spared. But we read in Romans 9, God didn't spare his son at all. God went consequently through everything. And Jesus went to the cross. He came to this earth full of glory. And the angels were singing on the fields of Bethlehem. And this was a glorious day. Jesus came. And Jesus went to the cross. And he was the promised son, the son of hope. Amen? He was the son of hope. Now prophetically, it has to be fulfilled. 
every prophecy in the Bible goes a certain development. You see it, it looks like it's almost fulfilled, but not. There's something else to be added. And that's why we call it Genesis 3.15, the seed promise. You know, in a seed is everything in already. Did you know that? When you take an acorn and you plant it in this little acorn, there's already all the information about the tree, what the tree is going to look, how tall it gets, how big it goes, how wide the, the roots go. Everything is in there. And so is when God gave the, the promise, the seed promise, a Savior is going to come. Even up to the point that he has to die and that he will be bruised. Everything is in there. And Jesus came. Now, when the time was fulfilled, the time the Father pointed out, God sent his Son. And there are two clear indications about it. First of all, and Paul says here, born of a woman. Isn't it interesting? We sometimes get this idea, women don't play any role in their body. Oh, yes, they do. God is not rejecting women. Amen? Ladies, you are not being rejected by God. When it goes about the promise of God, born by a woman. But interesting, think about it. I do something, think about things. And you know what? When it goes about the wrong doing in the past, they were walking according to their mother's way or their father's way. Who knows it in the Bible? Anybody else reads the Bible? What does the Bible say? Peter speaks about very clearly. And he said, we are not being redeemed by, the, by uh, silver and gold, but by the blood of an unclean uh, lamb. From your futile ways of your forefathers. Aha. Uh-huh. Do you understand? All what we as fathers leave back sometimes and left the old fathers and forefathers was a futile way. That's what Peter says. And here God of all of a sudden, he uses now a woman for salvation. Isn't it interesting? Born of a woman and born under the law. Jesus came not to abolish the law. I mentioned years and years ago, and those who know me very well, I made a series on preaching uh, of the law. And he said, well, Jesus, somebody said to me, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now listen, what is the curse of the law? The law itself is not 
a curse. Do you get it? They're doing wrong and the penalty of doing wrong against the law. That is the curse. Not the law. The law is perfect. Hallelujah. And the law shows us very clearly where we're wrong. And if that measuring stick is not right or would have been wrong, then we would be wrong altogether. Now, we have got some people who work on building sites and so on. You know, what is important? That your measuring stick or tape measure is okay. And you have to check your measuring stick. And you have to calibrate your measuring, measuring instruments at work. I was sometimes, I had to go, go into the work and all I had to do was calibrating the measuring sticks or measuring instruments, the vernier and everything. And then I had to sign it. It's okay. It's really when it says one millimeter, then it's not two millimeter. It's exactly one millimeter, point two or whatever. And that is with the law. The Lord is perfect. The Lord is being calibrated by God. You can't do anything against the law. You can never can say, the law led me, around, led me the wrong way. No, by not doing the law, you were condemned. But the law had to be fulfilled. And Jesus fulfilled it. God never leaves anything unfinished. In Matthew chapter 5, 17 and 18. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I said to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Hallelujah. Jesus accomplished everything. Everything. Don't try it that you think you could do it better than Jesus. No one can do it better than Jesus. What he did when he accomplished the law, he did it perfectly. Amen? He did it perfectly. Hallelujah. Now God sent forth the spirit of his son. Now when the time was fulfilled, God sent his son. And then through his son, he sent the spirit of the son. And the son fulfilled everything. So, and so we received the adoption without shedding of the blood. There is no redemption of sin, the Bible says very clearly. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, without Him there is no sonship. Do you understand it? Without Jesus, no redemption. Without the Holy Spirit, no sonship. And we receive that what the Apostle Paul says very clearly. The fullness of time God sent forth 
his son. And as his son has come, he also sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This spirit, the Holy Spirit, Christ within us, beloved Father. Abba, Abba means actually, actually so far, uh, as much as beloved Father. Some super, super charismatics, they get blown away. And they thought, well, in the Old Testament, God was a gruesome God. And in the New Testament, God became, became so lovely to us. You can call God now, Daddy, are we really that naive? Are we? Are we really that naive to call God Daddy? Jesus had the most intimate relationship with the Father. What did he call his Father? Beloved Father. Holy Father. Amen? Holy Father. God is not a Daddy. Amen? A daddy might be perhaps a weak father in your family. I don't know. I'm not a daddy. I'm a father. And my heavenly father is not a daddy either. He is a beloved father. And you can see super, super charismatics. They get mad. They don't know the difference between Holy Father, that's of course not the guy in Rome. It's not him. I don't mean him, Holy Father. I mean the Holy Father, the Father of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he gave us the privilege to say to him, Abba, Father. Father, I love you. I love you. Hallelujah. That's one of the most beautiful things a father could hear. Father, I love you. And if the son is obedient, Robert, I tell you what, that's like honey on your, or in your mouth, isn't it? An, an obedient son, if he comes and says, Papa or Daddy, I love you. Don't call God Daddy. Call him Holy Father, Father in heaven. I've realized some young people who are not walking with the Lord a long time and are not very, com uh, very confident with the Heavenly Father, they pray over us to God. God, I thank you. How did Jesus taught us to pray? Therefore, should you should pray, what then? Our Father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. That's my Father I'm praying to. That's the Father I'm believing in. Hallelujah. And through Him, I'm born again. Amen. Hallelujah.
The Holy Spirit is the spirit of sonship. We are heirs of all his glory. Hallelujah. He is coming soon. And with him all the glory. Hallelujah. You're not going to be a beggar then. No. You have all God has given as your promise. There was a homeless man. And perhaps as a young man, he might have been very disobedient, disobedient and left home. He didn't care about his father and mother, nothing. He went his own way. And also, how do you call these guys who, who go around the whole, a vagabond? Is that the right word? A vagabond. He has nowhere home. He was homeless. But he realized he gets old too. Homeless people get old too. And these homeless young people in the city, they don't stay 15, 14, or 18, or 19 years. They get old as well. And so he realized he got older and his strength was fleeting away. And he thought, well, I actually, if I only would stand, would be able to stand one more in my life, in my father's and mother's home, in my birth home, where I was born. I, and so he made himself on his way and went there. And finally he came to his home village. And then he sat down at the curb of the street and he was sitting there. In front of him, there was his home. He saw him in his spirit, in his past, as a little boy rejoicing, running around through the gate. And he heard his laughing again. And everything passed by. All of a sudden, somebody came and tapped him on the shoulder and said, listen, are you not Mr. This and This? Because that person knew about those who lived in that house. Where have you been? The police is looking after you. Oh, he got scared. He perhaps got scared of all the things he did on his wandering anywhere where he was. Perhaps I've done something wrong. And he said, the police is after you. Come with me. And you took him to the police. And there he was. He was checked up whether he is that person. He had his ID there. And then the police man said, where have you been all these years? Where have you been? And he had many excuses. Man, you are a very, very rich man. Millions and millions belong to you. 
he had a far distant relative in America. And all the Americans, they are rich people think, isn't it? If you have got a rich uncle in America, don't you worry. You know, that means you're rich too. And then the policemen took everything, the documents. What happened? One of his relatives who was very rich in America. He didn't have any heir and he only remembered this man, perhaps a cousin or something, or perhaps a nephew. And everything was written unto him. And then he saw the paperwork. Millions and millions of dollars. And all his fortune didn't help him at all. He was away. So are many Christians, I tell you what. Heaven is rich. Amen, Peter? Hallelujah. I've got a mansion in heaven. And I don't have to mow the lawn in heaven anymore, Peter. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know that we are rich in Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. We are rich in Jesus Christ. Rich in the glory of God. The joy and everything is in heaven for us prepared. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And one day when the Lord is going to come, then we are going to see all the glory for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. Amen. Jesus came when the time was fulfilled. Not because of the Romans, not because of Pax Roma. There was a saying, so that means if you were traveling in Roman roads, you were traveling safe. No, I didn't find anything pre to preach about that stuff. But I found something to preach about what God has done. Hallelujah. And the time was fulfilled. God sent his son. And even more, he sent the spirit of his son through whom we say what? Abba? Abba, Father. Don't come with this daddy stuff on. Don't come with me with the daddy. And say, my daddy in heaven told me this. No, 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 no. That's garbage. But if you can say, I've prayed to my heavenly father. Hallelujah! Heavenly Father, we praise you and we worship you. We thank the Lord for your word. We thank you that you came at a time prepared from the Father. And I know, Lord Jesus, you will come back also to this earth when the time is right. The Father has already set a time. And we see all the signs you spoke about and they indicate very clearly that the coming of the Lord Jesus is very soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the precious name 
of Jesus. Amen.